Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. This is Corey. Just a reminder that we're on a break this week, so that means we're releasing a fan-favorite episode from our Patreon archives. You can find our full recaps from Seasons 1 through 10 over at patreon.com slash survivingpod. As a disclaimer, please note that this episode was originally recorded and released back in 2020, prior to Leon's public announcement coming out as trans and non-binary. Remember, gender is a social construct. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week, kicking off Season 18 of Sister Wives. Enjoy! Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 2... Episode 10, Gambling on the Future. Penultimate episode of Season 2. We have the finale next week, but boy, this was something special building up to it. This was quite a treat. I have to say, yeah, this was an amazing episode and probably my favorite of all time so far (laughs) that I've gotten the experience of of witnessing. Yes, we literally LOL'd on the couch watching this. It had been such a long time since I'd seen it that I didn't really remember exactly what happened. Because it's just bombshell after bombshell. (laughs) It's just hit after hit. One unfortunate event after another. The hits just keep on coming. It's great. All right. So without much more ado. I'll go ahead and describe this in the manner that TLC would prefer initially. With the move to Vegas days away, the Browns begin to pack. That's it. That's all there is. They are continuing with the one sentence description. (laughs) And there was so much in this episode. I know. You could have picked any number of of tragedies that were befalling the family. That did not do the episode justice. So I went to Wikipedia and I pulled the rest of the episode description that they had. So here's what they have. With the move to Vegas days away, the Browns begin to pack. Nope, that's not it. That was it. <laughs> no. No. That's the TLC I, one. I read the TLC one again. Here yeah, that's the TLC one. I know. Here's the Wikipedia one. Oh, okay. 
I thought it was a continuation, but Uh, it is not. It's completely rewritten. They thought the TLC one sucked as well. I believe it. With the move to Vegas only three days away, the Browns begin to pack. But when the media gets hold of the news, plans turn into panic. Okay, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. I feel like we need to have like a Brown family threat level chart, you know, with the different (laughs) color coding effect so we know where we're at in terms of the panic and and the... Yeah, we started out orange. We quickly escalated into red. It didn't take much. Didn't take long. No. Yeah, but that description from TLC's site really just makes it sound like it's a packing episode. And it was so much more than that. Yeah, this was a fleeing episode. This was what we've been waiting for. This is the stress of the investigation coming to a head. (laughs) It was worth the wait and the buildup for sure. So let's go ahead and listen to Carly's episode rewrite description. TLC throws a wrench in Cody's carefully planned move. Mariah pitches her emancipation. God sends the family a plague of flat tires. That's what happened on the episode. And we'll get into it in greater detail. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about that part. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Speaking of oh, my God, we open the opening series of this episode is the first ever black and white flashback montage on the show. Yes. We go all the way back to episode one. And we are watching a number of scenes that we saw in the first episode while Cody sits with a very concerned look on his face, waiting to talk. He's prepared for his solo interview at an unidentified location, probably in the business center of whatever Best Western they stayed at. (laughs) We're reminded again of the police investigation and the fact that they're moving to Vegas in case you haven't been following the storyline. That's a big day. That's the whole story. For the entire season. Yes. And it's a big day today because it is time to tell the little kids that they are moving. Nothing like waiting until the last possible second. Got to break the news to him. It's time to flee high because we got to get out of here. Now, of course, Cody does this with the most tact and sensitivity that you think he would. Well, he starts off with the easy questions. Tries to get a poll. Tries to get a feel for the room. Who here likes being a family? Anybody? Who likes this family? Who Anybody? There's mixed reviews. A little mixed bag. Some hands, eh, some hesitation. Eh, yeah, you know, I guess. All right, well, we want to keep the family together. Nothing can break it up. So because of all these circumstances, you, you may have heard about it. It's weighing on all of us. We're moving to Las Vegas. Initially, Gwen and Gabe pumped. There's some cheers. There's some general excitement with equal parts confusion. Right. Half the room is starting to cry. Half the room is excited. Now the excited half of the room begins to cry when Cody drops the next bomb. Somebody asks the important question, when are we moving? Um, Three days. <laughs> Sorry, we've had to be so secretive and careful about this. But yeah, we got three days. Now, did you catch that he said, I'm very sorry, son? Like whichever one you are, I can't I can't remember your name right now. I'm just too stressed out with the police investigation. Listen, son, buddy, I get it. <laughs> Hear me out. We got to move in 3 days though. Okay, son? Wh- which son? Okay, kid? Now, this is when the tears really start because the idea of moving to Vegas was fun when the kids thought that they had a little bit more time to adjust to that. So this is the shock and awe. Part of the family meeting. Multiple children are breaking down crying. 
Cody admits, I know it's not fair. I'm very sorry, son and other various children. (laughs) Kids didn't put name tags on the meeting, so he's flying blind. Now, we've dropped a few bombs here, but it's time to really finish it off. This one's the atomic bomb. So we're moving in three days. Oh, and by the way, you can't tell anybody. I like how casually Cody brought it up as a passing thought, as an afterthought to the rest of the conversation here. Ah, oh, this is extremely important. Yeah, it was pretty clear that the family meeting seemed to be wrapping up at this point. And that's when he decided to just uh, P.S., You can't tell any of your friends we're just going to disappear in the cover of night. And he poses it as a guess what question to make that a little bit more fun. Guess what? You can't tell anybody. So now everybody is hysterical. (laughs) The situation was hysterical and now the kids are hysterical. That the delivery annihilated me. They have no time to process this mentally because it's time to go start packing. So they send the little kids off. And it's time to have a conversation with the older kids because Cody's having a pretty hard time selling the move to the kids. And he's going to let the older ones voice their concerns. Yeah, we got to check in with the older kids. Now the younger kids know because that was what that was another thing that was weighing on us here. It was looming over us. But now we've given them three days to go ahead and just pack up your room, kids. And we'll check in with the older kids, get a feel for, for how they're feeling. And I don't like... Uh, Maddie and Aspen kind of go right in about Mariah the pariah. Right. And it's, I don't like when people talk about another person who's in the same room as them as if they're not even there. And that's what's going on where they it's Aspen and Maddie petitioning to Cody and Mariah is sitting on the couch next to them. Yes. So Maddie wants to know what's Mariah going to do. She goes to church school and we saw what happened when she tried to go to public school. They're going to eat her alive. In Vegas. What is going to happen to Mariah's blossoming naval career? What will become of it? So Mariah finally calls him out. She at least starts to stand up for herself. You think I haven't already thought of all this stuff? Yes. So she has not just thought of this. She has made a list. She's come prepared to this conversation. Oh, and we got hit with the... We got hit with the family mantra, too. It's just because it stood out to me so much from season 14. Oh, of course. This was the first time we got to hear the where we go one, we go all. Yes. Cody's making the point that none of you are 18. And until you are, you're going with the rest of the family. And then once you're old enough, you can make your own decisions. But for right now, this is what we're doing. So this is when Mariah decides she needs to state her case. She pulls out the list. She was not thinking of the where we go one, we go all mantra when she wrote it because she starts out by explaining she wants to finish out the school year. She understands that they treat her like a child. They think she's a child. They think they need to like raise her and stuff. But she's got some important reasons that she needs to stay here for the rest of the school year. Reason number one, there's a dance coming up. Yes. So this is the point where While I did get upset about Cody kind of laughing off Mariah's concerns, um, dismissing them, their valid reasons, you know, for a teenage girl. And it was like, okay, well, I mean, this is very real for her. So I do understand that. However, if that's the case that you're going to make, oh, Mariah, that's not going to, that's not going to win them over. No. You're not going about it the right way. No. This was not a very well thought out list. 
See, I half thought that she was pulling out. I thought it was going to be like an intervention letter where she was going to start reading through it and, uh, you know, just addressing it. Dear Cody, your addiction to moving has negatively impacted me in the following ways. One, missing the dance. Two, not ending the school year on a high note. Maybe maybe that's what they should have done in season 14. Yeah, have a nice little intervention, a moving intervention. That'll be for season 15. We're saving up storylines. <laughs> now, the family is staying together because that's going to trump all of the reasons for wanting to stay. Maddie rolls her eyes, which I thought was interesting. She was like, damn, I was almost rid of Mariah for a while. Lost that chance. And I feel like we lost Mariah here for a moment. Let me put this into military terms so you'll understand here, Mariah. Everything on your list is outranked by family. Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of where we are. All right. So later that night, it's time to start packing. And where do we start? We're at Robin's house. Deja vu. We're at Robin's house. We're packing. Her plan? Put it in a box. That's how simple the plan is. You see it, you put it in a box. I love how th- this is Saturday night at this point. So we have Sunday and maybe Monday, depending on who you ask. We're leaving on Monday. We're leaving on Tuesday. Still kind of up in the air at this point. But that's Robin's plan so far. Just grab the stuff, throw it in a box. Maybe we'll celebrate Dayton's birthday tomorrow if we get some time. Clearly that slipped her mind. She completely forgot until he brought it up. Yes, because also during the the end of the family discussion, it was made clear that tomorrow is packing day. We're going to pack all day, and then we find out it is Dayton's birthday. What a way to celebrate. Just what you want to do on your birthday. Pack up all your stuff to move again. On the couch then, Mary's recapping the real estate dream deal that they had lined up in Vegas here. It just slipped through their fingers in the last episode. We were so invested in this plan, let me tell you, and it didn't pan out. Damn. So they still don't know where they're going to live. Again, check on the clock here. Three days to moving day. Robin is angry at God again about not giving them a house. But we do know that Robin believes in miracles, especially ones related to real estate, as we know from season 14. God can fix this. So that's where she's at. But she explains that the feeling right now is like they're jumping without a parachute. That's the feeling. That's always a great way to um to live life when you're responsible for 20 other human beings. Ah, uh, but don't worry. The cavalry's here. Cody has arrived. He's going to help with the kids and keep... Oh, wait, nope. He's just going to pack his own suitcase and get the fuck out. <laughs> right. Never mind. That I makes thought, sense. So my, the first thing I put in my notes is Cody shows up to help pack, but then it became clear that he has only showed up to pack his own things, and he thinks it's sad that he has spent so little time with Robin at this point that he only has a suitcase to pack. He's done once he fills the suitcase. Robin's biggest regret here is that she just barely finished unpacking here. She should have just left that shit in boxes. Now, I did a time check on this. It's January. So it's been over nine months since Robin moved. They haven't gotten any better at that. Ten years later. Like, what a whiny bitch. When I move somewhere like three days in, I've unpacked half of the house. She doesn't have a job. What has she been doing? She's been getting married still and going on a honeymoon. It was an 11-day honeymoon. It was a long honeymoon. Yeah. 
You're busy when you're everyone's go-to gal. That's the problem. Stuff's always popping up. All your stuff has to go to the bottom of the list. Man. Taking care of everybody else first. Robin gets misty realizing that this is her fourth move in two years. We'll see that and raise you one. So (laughs) she's having a complete meltdown on the couch. This breakdown appears out of thin air. She is throwing her head backwards on the couch. It's a full-on sobbing Robin moment. It's a tantrum, yeah. Some of the other wives almost laugh at her because they've gone through this many, 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 many times before. Cody describes the heavy atmosphere in Robin's house while packing more purple shirts than I've ever seen in one room outside of a department store. That is true. I haven't noticed. He has a lot of purple shirts. There were at least three in his hands while he was talking. And then I also saw, did you see something scribbled on Robin's bathroom mirror? Like an insane person? (laughs) I couldn't decipher all of it. But the last line just read, I am so happy about it. Like a note to forcibly remind herself to be cheerful. So that was kind of (laughs) gross. Just saying. I did not see that. Yep. That was right over Cody's shoulder while he was packing all his purple shirts. Oh, I got to go back and watch that. I want to see if I can decipher the whole message. Maybe it's written in like some code. No? No, it was just the door frame. It was You can only see partway into the Damn. mirror. Yeah. You couldn't get the whole look. Well, back at the big house, Janelle is starting to pack books. And Logan reminds her that he's already packed all of the books except for the cookbooks that are right in front of her. My notes just say, God, he's amazing. Snowmobiler, professional pumpkin carver, chauffeur. Line cook, mechanic, legal guardian. And now professional packer. It's a slightly different packing experience at Janelle's house here, by comparison, coming straight from Robin's. um, And also just in general at the big house. However, every room we do see looks like a bomb went off. It looks more like they are just scattering things across the floor rather than just putting them in the boxes. So maybe Robin's plan of put it in a box is actually prevailing here. Seems to be working. Christine is equally overwhelmed. She doesn't even know where to begin. Mary and Mariah, they're taking a little stroll down memory lane. They're casually packing around, talking about moving in five years back like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Again, they've only lived in this house For five to six years at this point. So this is a pretty regular thing for them to be moving from place to place. So Robin better put her big girl panties on because this is only move number one. Well, kind of too. Because, I mean, did she think she was going to live in a rental around the corner from the house the whole time? Come on. Right? I don't know. Maybe that's why she didn't unpack everything. Yeah, she was waiting. She was unpacking real slow. Took nine months. But she think they're going to build an addition onto the other house? Where is she going to go? Fajita Cantina. (laughs) Fajita Cantina. They had to clear out some floor space, some bar stools. Now we get to see the same clip of the kids talking about how their dad can go to jail if they stay. They aren't doing anything wrong. They don't understand why men are rewarded for having a mistress, but a spiritual marriage is wrong. Yeah, I mean, kind of a little bit because Mariah directly calls out, we're not stealing or murdering. There's no reason to come out. It's like, well, I mean, abusing social programs, I don't know. Is that count as stealing? You're taking taxpayer money, I guess. Yeah, there are some... Uh, it's a gray area. Some gray areas involved, and 
we don't know everything that they've been doing to support themselves, but right. uh, it's very questionable how you support a family this large with the lack of money that they seem to have. Two people with income. Yeah. Either way, I guess I could kind of understand the point that they're saying, you know, a lot of men will encourage other men to have side chicks. But in this situation, because there's a marriage and children involved, it's a problem. I don't know. Either way, they're hoping that people in Vegas are going to be more accepting of their lifestyle. And that is really the point here. That's the goal. Now, while they're walking down memory lane, Mary has found a ton of newspapers with her sister's obituary in them, which she has been saving for the past five years. 26 copies, to be exact. Now, we get a little bit of an emotional moment from her where she's explaining this. And then all of a sudden, she tells us that they're going to use these newspapers to pack. And Janelle tries to make it, you know, it was it was your sister, you know, showing that she's here. She would have been helping you during the move. This is how she's popping up and just reminding you that she's emotionally supporting you, even though she can't be here physically. I guess I didn't understand how they went from being a sentimental item to being wrapped around like a porcelain vase. Or maybe it wasn't even sentimental at that point. She she was kind of shocked to find out that she had 26 copies of it too. She's like, why did I do that? And I mean, I can only assume she was pulling them out of what could only be described as a hoarder pile. So continuing <laughs> on with our A&E kick here, that was those were the shows they were competing with was hoarders and intervention. So we've already checked both of those boxes in this episode. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. So it's the next day, and Cody has returned back to Robin's house to continue to pack. They get a call from Mona, who has pulled through for them, she has found one big house for them to rent for one month. There's one catch about this house. It's not available until Tuesday, and they had been planning to move on Monday. This is a delayed departure now because the rentals, yeah, we can't get in there till Tuesday. I, I think they should still leave now. They'll still be late on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. They did not plan out the correct travel timeline. As per all of their trips. So now the paranoia is setting in, but it's not really paranoia if 
you actually have real concerns and the police do have a case against you. Is it? (laughs) Uh, That's the whole point for the move. But now everybody's just trying to push that to the back of their mind, apparently. Janelle is not real happy with this idea of waiting a whole nother day to leave on Tuesday because they saw a sheriff drive by the house earlier. And every time they see someone come by, they're getting more and more nervous that today's the day or that they're going to catch on to the fact that they're getting ready to, to leave town and speed things up. Cody realizes that he hasn't even checked in with all the wives to see how they feel about moving in such a hurry. So he does a little inventory checklist here that Janelle and Christine are ready. Robin, wait, I forgot. Did I ask you about how you feel about this? This is the last time that he forgets to ask Robin something. Get her permission. She's nervous. I like how Mary's opinion doesn't count, though, as usual. She wasn't brought up at all. No. It was just Janelle, Christine, and then asking Robin because she was standing right there in the kitchen. And Cody just brushes off Robin's nervousness because she's never had to share a kitchen with the other wives. So that's mostly why she's nervous, I would assume. Right. That's that's totally her main concern here. Uh, There's an impending police investigation or arrest that we are all worried about. But Robin's main concern, she now is going to have to share a kitchen with the other wives, even though a few episodes ago during the dinner party, she expressed her desire to be able to cook in the kitchen with all the other wives. Yeah, she felt left out. Same thing at Christmas time. It was Mary and Christine running the show in there. They may be in the middle of a family crisis, but Dayton makes sure to take the time to shake Cody down for a birthday gift of $20. Cody pays $20 to hug him. And I like how Robin tries to plant the idea of buying a dresser with his hard-earned cash in Dayton's mind. That way she doesn't have to go and dip into the family account. She told him to buy a dresser? Yeah. He was basically saying, wow, I have... He was so excited to put it I thought she said you could buy decorations for your room. She said you can buy some cool stuff for your room vaguely at first and he said wow maybe a new video game console and she said yeah or a dresser (laughs) that's literally the exchange that took place it stood out to me you know or a furniture item that your parents should provide to you so that you have an adequate living space if you could use the twenty dollars for that that would be awesome that way i don't have to ask cody for another twenty dollars mariah is back at the house and she is shitty about moving. Oh my God. If Mary was all over me like this though, I would be just as mad. Not going to lie. So she's ignoring Mary. She's yelling at her for touching her. Mary's pulling her hair to turn her head to look at her because she's ignoring her. Nobody's doing the right thing in this scenario on either side. No, it's not good. She's gone on strike and she's refusing to pack her stuff. And Mary is basically just begging her to face reality and get up and start moving because the train is leaving and we're taking you with us. Speaking of the things that they're taking with them, Cody stated at first that he wanted to bring all of the essentials, including the beds. Cody walks back into the big house um, into the midst of mass confusion. Yes, there is extreme chaos going on there. Is it Monday we're leaving? Is it Tuesday? There's departure uncertainty. And then, yeah, the definition of needing to pack, Cody referred to them in his solo interview as vacation essentials. Yes. But but saying that there's no real definition on what that means, though, because essentials to Christine meant like beds and kitchen items 
And that's what Janelle was pushing for too. All we need is food and beds and clothes. So those are the only things that we should be bringing. Cody is starting to realize that even if you just take that baseline, those items, that's a lot of shit to get out of state in one go. So he's quickly abandoned many of the essential items. I think that's how we get to the vacation level packing situation. But let's recall the trip to the cabin and how much crap they hauled up there. That was a vacation. So I don't think that the vacation definition is helping things at all. They also have rented the smallest trailer I have ever seen that will definitely not even fit the basics needed for four families. Oh, it's not going to hold any of the beds. Yeah, like for any of the houses. Mary was shocked that Christine was rattling off beds, my kitchen stuff, this, that. Mary's like, I'm leaving everything here. I'm not bringing any of that shit. What are you talking about? This is insane. Cody wants to run a bigger trailer to solve this problem, but Janelle doesn't want to do that. Yeah, he's got to go to the boss. He's got to go ask for a favor. <laughs> it's a outright no, because Janelle, again, is very freaked out at this point. She's really not a fan of the idea of waiting an extra day. And she's definitely not a fan of renting a bunch of large moving trucks and parking them outside of the home where the police have been driving by, which is clearly going to draw attention to themselves. Too late, as Cody states. Way too late for that. Cody already rented a small trailer, so the flags have been raised. Now, okay, the thing I don't understand about all of this is that they have known, the adults and the older kids, have known for weeks that they're going to move. They knew around Christmas time, and it is now mid-January. Why were they not packing things in advance? Because we hadn't told the little kids yet. So if we were packing stuff, the kids would be so confused. Well, I guess you need to just tell the freaking kids Mm -hmm. that you're moving. Well, that would be the logical conclusion. Or pack stuff while they're at school and they don't know that you're packing things. So Cody storms out. He's venting to Christine about, quote, your sister wife, Janelle. Yeah, this was really disgusting. And I think as he's yelling about it and being upset about it to Christine, he's starting to realize too that Janelle's right. Because as soon as he mentions, he goes, oh, if we park a truck out front though, that changes the whole dynamic of our situation here. Because then the police have more than enough reason to swing by and check in on us now. Which was exactly Janelle's point. And I love how back upstairs, she's talking about how she's ready to go. And she's just going to leave them behind because she's been ready to go on Monday. Yeah, I'll meet you there. Basically, see you there. Which is what she should have done. It would have been better. So I like how everyone's generally worried about how the cops are after them, which clearly they are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be moving. So the comfort with that level of paranoia to move, but not matching Janelle's level of paranoia to be so overly cautious about the move. It's kind of interesting. Right. Typically, the police don't like it when it appears that you have been tipped off that they may be coming to arrest you in the near future. So you pack up and leave the state. That's generally frowned upon and not something that you want them to know you're doing. But that is not computing with anybody else in the family. 
the things heat up a little bit more because Mary gets involved in the conversation here in the kitchen. Yep. Where Mary's just, I think we should go tomorrow, Monday. We got to get out of here. Cody, Robin doesn't. Yes. So this is the fight about if they should leave on Monday or Tuesday, which again, earlier in the episode, it seems like Cody was under the impression that everyone was good with moving on Tuesday, but it turns out that was only Robin. Oh, yes. And it's very interesting how unless Cody gets a vibe on Monday, it is decided he's good with a Tuesday morning departure now. He's solid with this. And Mary throws some shade. Why? Because you and Robin just decided it when you were over there? Oh, shit. (laughs) They fight just like real people. (laughs) And that is how the rest of the family decisions are about to go. So buckle up, Mary. The mid-fight in Christine's kitchen, Aspen and Maddie have to inform their parents that, hey, a sheriff's been driving by the house uh, because the entire town has noticed the large moving trailer that's parked nonchalantly in front of the house, uh, something you should all probably be aware of at this point in time. Why did they not park it behind the fajita cantina? I don't know. Behind the house. Come on. Have some tact. Now, that's it. Cody's overruling everyone. Despite this news, we're leaving Tuesday morning because that's when the rental is available. Again, thinking that we're actually going to make this drive in the allotted amount of time for a normal family. We're going to leave on Tuesday. We're going to get there Tuesday night when the rental's available. Everybody needs to be in their cars. 6 a.m. Tuesday morning. Final word. I do. I got Cody's point, though, that he was trying to make during this sit down where he had to gather all four wives and explain the moving departure time because they are 300 miles away from the state line, too. So at any point they could be pulled over if they really if somebody really wanted to stop them. They could catch up with them or make a call and say, hey, they're heading this way and they could make that stop at any point along that trip because we know 300 miles for the Browns. That's it's a long time. It's a lot of time. It's like 1,200 miles for the rest of us. It's like put it into Google Maps and set it to walking speed. <laughs> That's about how much time we're talking about. Drastically different. But that's where we land. Tuesday, 7 a.m. We're getting the hell out of here. Now, Mariah has finally realized that they are moving, and she has come to accept it somehow in the past 12 hours. So she's also done the math and realized that she graduates in two years. So she just has to stay in Vegas for two years. That's all. She just has to suffer through two years and get the hell out of there. Then we get to celebrate Dayton's birthday amid the move. What a joy. There's cake and boxes for everyone. Nothing like a bunch of more stuff for you to pack hours before you're leaving. (laughs) Yeah, but just useful stuff. A remote controlled helicopter. I feel like I would have preferred to just delay the birthday until we get someplace. Not really the ambiance you want on your birthday. No, no, not at all. So Cody gets torn up saying goodbye to their magical Lehigh house. There will be tears. And you know what? You just do it. Right. They have a deep connection to the house, to the area that they live in. So it's going to be hard to leave. But here we go. And we're about to start moving a whole lot faster because suddenly everyone is chaotically packing because TMZ has found out that they're moving 
So they need to get out ASAP. Yeah, Christine is about to explain what TMZ is, and then she's just like, ah, fuck it. I don't know. It's th- the press found out we're moving. All right. So we have to get out of here. They're going to they're gonna publish a story about us moving. I mean, at least TMZ gave them a heads up that they were going to post the story in 24 hours. So they gave them a little lead time to get out of there. And now they have to load up as fast as possible. I like to refer to this as scramble mode. They've reached and achieved scramble mode where there is some urgency and they're just kind of throwing boxes around and getting them onto the truck. So they're kind of getting things into place, but there's still not really any rhyme or reason to it. There are not enough adults to supervise the children as they pack. Logan is busy packing the truck and policing the number of boxes that each of the kids bring on. Logan's got to crack the whip. He's got to reject things as they come on to the back of the truck. Nope. You hit your limit of boxes. We can't take everything with us. Useless toy junk from Payton's room. Get it out of here. They've come to the reality that this house is going to be a fucking mess when they leave it. So the plan is they're going to have some family members come over to check on the house and to clean it up. We're pretty much bailing on it, leaving it as is. But we can't do that with all of our properties because Robin lives in a rental. So she needs to be completely emptied out because we know how much she loves rentals. Robin is busy having a mental breakdown about this. She cannot believe that they are faced with this reality. This is not the America that I learned about when I was in school. Childish Gambino would like a word with you. This is America. It's time to flee. Continuing on with our inconspicuous move, Cody parked the huge trailer outside of Robin's house and then proceeded to leave with the keys. So now this is just side of the road, halfway hanging out into the lane, kind of blocking traffic, very low-key, inconspicuous. I thought that he left the moving trucks at the big house and he went to Robin's. Either way. But I I feel like it was more concerning if he left it in front of the big house. Yeah, probably. I did like Janelle's take, though, when she was storming down the driveway. (laughs) It's like brain damage to move this group frustrates me beyond belief. God bless you, Janelle. (laughs) It doesn't get any easier. Now, they're continuing to pack, and all of a sudden, everybody turns around and looks the other direction. The camera doesn't turn. Well, we shifted We shifted from scramble mode to frenzy mode, where it's just you're chucking anything into the... You're not even caring if it fits anymore. You're shoving brooms and forcing things into the back of the truck. Wherever there's a crevice, a nook and a cranny, you're just shoving it in there and slamming the door so it all holds still on the move there. Latch it shut. And this is because they hear... What we're told is a police siren. Sirens. They're coming. Although to anyone familiar with any siren, it definitely sounded like a fire truck. Yeah, it wasn't. Is <laughs> There are other emergency vehicles with sirens. That was not a police siren. It was either an ambulance or a fire truck. So what do we do now? We got to take a minute to pray. Let's pray it out. Let's pray. Okay, let's pray about it. And then let's drive until we can't stand it anymore. Until our navels are scratching our backbones is what Cody referred to it as. That's the plan. What does that's not a what does that mean? I I don't know. I've never heard the expression. I guess it's kind of like getting that pony in the water. You know, it's not really a phrase, but 
it makes sense in the moment. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, we didn't forget about that. No. That's still a thing. No. All right. It's time for this move to get going. It's time to get the pony in the water. We got to get the pony in the water here on this move. Boy, did they leave Robin's house a fucking mess. Yes, for a rental that they had to move out of and they made a point that they needed to leave it spotless. Really clean. It was a fucking just, mess. Which is piles of clothes and just deserted fabric laying around. Dead flowers from her wedding <laughs> months ago. I like on the couch, they give us some last minute thoughts here. Robin thinks they were a little bit naive. Christine corrects her and says, hopeful, not naive. And they thought things had changed a lot more. But really, the difference is that people have changed. The laws have not. It's time to get on the road. So now we're hauling ass. We're fleeing in the night. We are 12 miles into this trip and we got problems. Why is it always Robin? I don't know. What what is she doing to these vehicles? (laughs) Do you have... (laughs) She shredded a tire. Shredded. Not flattened. I venture to say that Robin is the kind of person who drives with both feet at the same time. Oh, no. Oh, no. Can you see that? I could see it. One foot on the gas, one on the brake. And she's like, Cody, there's a light on. Cody, there's a light on. It's saying something. It looks like a bullet. (laughs) It's got like uh, lines out of it and it's flying fast. Those are the high beams, Robin. (laughs) You can deactivate those at any time, and I would prefer if you do it while I'm standing in front of the car talking to you. So that's it. The tire is shredded. This, it's fucked. So resident mechanic Logan is here to assist. Thank God. But we got to find a tire place that's open. Because of course they don't have a spare. Shit, no. And it's Martin Luther King Day, so everything's closed. And it's the middle of the night, basically. So Cody is taking a car to go buy a tire because they did find, well, they can't say Walmart, but there is a department store that looks shockingly similar to the exterior of a Walmart, I would assume. And he's getting the, he's getting his tire on here. This so is, it's a nightmare. This was a two hour departure. Uh, again, the police could catch us at any time. They've been waiting on the side of the road. They finally get moving. Oh, yeah, because there was all kinds of drama with that. There was They didn't have the right replacement tire, so he had to get a larger one to force it on there. So then you also have to change the one on the other side, too, to offset the, the size difference now because you have the wrong size tire. So now you have to replace two tires. This is absurd. Yeah, two hours down the drain. They get less than a mile after they take off again, and Christine's van gets a flat. There it is. So Cody is shutting down. He can't believe it at this point. The only place in the county where he could buy a tire and he just closed it out. He just left there. Shut the place down. Logan's assessment, though. Well, so far, we're about 25 miles in two to three hours. Heck of a good start. (laughs) Always the the beacon of positivity. Uh, Robin asks Mary to remind her if they prayed before they left. Honestly, this is record time for them, too, if we're we're being honest. This is definitive proof that the prayer did not work, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they need a solution still for Christine's car. So after everybody hems and haws for a while, finally they realize there's a spare in Janelle's car. Yeah, because what they realized was there's a donut spare, just like the little tiny guy in the van. You're not going to get far with that. There's only a certain number of miles on that. You can't go as fast on it. Although Midwest, that's up to debate (laughs) growing up. The 
the donut is basically an extra tire whenever you need it. But I digress. They're going to grab Janelle's spare because she has a full spare in her car and the lug system is the same. What are the odds? That works out great. Let's get it on there. So they get that on Christine's van. They get back on the road and she's like, oh no, the car is not driving right. Huge mistake. It's pulling to the side. Something's wrong. So they have to pull over again. So Cody MacGyver goes to work again, realizing he kind of fucked up here. So he's trying to remove the lug nuts. One breaks. Uh Uh-oh. He goes to pop off the second one. Yeah, that thing broke too. You better believe. He's, He's all in now. It's fucked. So Cody cries out to the heavens. Is this a sign? Should we even be leaving? What am I doing with my life? Vegas is only six hours away. We've been gone for four hours and we've only traveled 20 miles. What is happening? This is exactly what they should have expected. Now, if they were really prepared, they would have checked all of these cars. If you were really in a fleeing mode, you would have made sure the tires are good. You got oil in these cars. They're ready to go. They're ready to haul way over the amount of uh, of weight that they're supposed to be hauling. Because let's be real, that's why we're blowing tires left and right. That's what's happening. When you overload vehicles with tons of useless shit and then you're dragging trailers of more full, useless shit, full, useless, full of useless shit, and then you pack in 20 people into these vehicles as well, you start to hit a weight limit on what that machine is capable of doing. And we're finding out what the limits are. So we finally gotten to the point where we've just determined that the best thing to do is get a hotel room for the night. Well, first of all, no steps back. We're treating this like Stalingrad in World War II. Not one more step. Nothing. We're not losing any more ground. We've already, we fought for four hours to make these 20 miles. We're not going back. We're not turning around and going home tonight. We're just going to get a hotel at the next exit and try again tomorrow. Well, how are they going to turn around and bring all those trucks home and leave them outside again? They've got no choice. So they check into a hotel for the night, which if they had just bought new tires, probably would have made up for the cost of getting a hotel room for all of these people. And as fate would have it, there's a tire place at the next exit after that, like like it was meant to be. So they're just going to get the tire the next morning after they rest up tonight. And Cody basically doesn't believe in God anymore, which is really what moving will do to you. One of the first times. Yeah. Because we, we had a whole episode about Cody losing his faith in season 14 as well. So is this when the trend starts? Do we get one episode every season where Cody's losing faith? Got to see a little breakdown, progression over time. So it's the next morning and they've got the tire. On the road again. <laughs> they hit the road again. New tires that they should have replaced years ago, I'm sure. But alas, they get another flat, this time on the moving truck. (laughs) So yeah, when they first kick off, there's still 328 miles to Las Vegas. Four hours into it, they're about 200 miles into the trip now. That's when they pop off with another one. Is it surprising anymore? I mean, like, would you be shocked at this point? (laughs) No, I was laughing so hard by the time the third one happened. But man, that thing, again, that thing wasn't just flat. It melted. So I don't know how long he was riding with that thing flat, but it was pretty toast. Again, how does this happen? Somebody sent us an email, tweet us. How could they possibly end up with three flat tires? 
Is this a weight issue? I'm concerned. I never want this to happen to me. It's definitely a weight thing. This is why I don't understand why they didn't pack things, drop them at the homes of people that they know, and then come back or have somebody come back and bring them to Vegas. That way nobody goes back to the house. You can bring less stuff with you on the initial trip and you can get the other crap that you need at another point in time without going back to the house. Well, again, that would make the most logical sense, but that's not how we operate. These people are not good at fleeing. That's the problem. It's not what we're doing here. So they're not built for this. No. But while Cody's working on this flat tire, here comes the Utah Highway State Patrol pulling up right behind the caravan of vehicles just to make sure everyone's nice and nervous for the cameras. <laughs> Mary's up there chatting it up with them, leaning into the window making questionable propositions to get out of this jam. (laughs) I'm sure. And it turns out he's just concerned for them. He wants to make sure that they get that tire changed, that they're safe, that everybody's uh, pulled off to the side of the road and uh, not getting hit by any other vehicles that are moving by. And then he takes off. That's it. That's the end of that interaction. Fair enough. It's dark now. It's been 24 hours since they started this endeavor, and we're still only 200 miles into the trip. We are still two hours from Lehigh. Christine is <laughs> over it at this point. She is super upset. Yeah, she's been stuck. So while Cody has had the luxury of being in the moving truck just with Mary in the silence, because, you know, they don't talk to each other much. Christine has been in the car with a number of kids who have been complaining constantly about being tired and hungry. Honestly, though, we're 60 miles from the Nevada border, so I would say tough titties. It's time to, we got to get to, we got to cross this line. Yep. Cody does not want to stop, and I don't blame him. Did you not pack snacks? Where are the car snacks? I thought Janelle said bring food. She said clothes, beds, and food. Then where's the food? I don't understand. They definitely didn't take the beds. They still showed that in the sappy montage when they were leaving the empty Lehigh house. Also, did you need to stop and eat somewhere? Why can't you just drive through? You can't stop. You literally cannot take the chance of stopping this vehicle and getting it to start moving again. So you need to just <laughs> you need to just roll through anything that you need to do at this point. You can't roll through with the with the trailer. You can't do a drive through pit stop with that. So you're going to have to grab food and then chuck a burger through their window? Just throw it at me. All right, here's what's going to happen. All <laughs> they right. don't understand the COVID world. No, all right. Here, here's what's going to happen, okay? You stop off for the burger and fries and whatever you need. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'll go a little slower. You can catch up to me with the bag of food and then just <laughs> chuck it to me. I'm surprised that we didn't have this idea come up and put into application on this episode. I was surprised that we didn't see it. Just look out for me on the side of the road when I catch my next flat. Right. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> I'll be 20 miles down the road. <laughs> Our usual pace. I don't think they need to be that concerned that if one of them pulls off to get food, that they're really going to make that much ground in the meantime. <laughs> That's why Janelle was like, I'll just meet you there. I'm just going to get it. <laughs> I'm going to get my bicycle. And I'll meet you there. I'm with Janelle. Fuck these people. Get out of here. I'm going. I'll see you. I'm going to stop by the win or something. I'm going to go to the buffet. 
I'll be waiting for you guys when you show up eventually. Just text me when you get here. Don't call. Just text me and then I'll look at my phone when I'm ready to. And if there is the message that you're there, then okay, I'll we'll tie up then. But holy fucking shit. Yeah, they come over the hill. They see the lights of Las Vegas. They they made it. They're to the promised land. They're here. Cody has arrived at his Plymouth Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he can have his religious freedom. Religious tolerance and freedom. Okay. Well, now they're descending upon the vacation rental. This poor home that's never going to recover in value. (laughs) Now, Mona, unfortunately, had to meet them. (laughs) It's our old pal, Mona. She... Unfortunately, had the job to meet them at the rental to sign a contract. So how many days has Mona been waiting outside for? Probably not much longer than the uh, the snowmobile rental guys from their Christmas cottage outing. At least she wasn't running the risk of frostbite, freezing to death. That's true. They got to sign paperwork. Cody doesn't even give a shit. I'll sign, I'll sign whatever. Give me the bit. Just highlight where I need to sign. I'm signing it. Because nobody signed over at this point. Do, do, I, have, do he, I have to change a tire? <laughs> do I have to change the tire on the paper? They all look so exhausted the, sitting at the table. The, oh, man. All the parents are so relieved. We've, we made it here in one piece. All of us. Thank God. It's time to start a new chapter, and they're waiting to see what it holds for them. Pan to Maddie. She fucking hates it here. Go She's been here figure. for 15 minutes. Judgment. I fucking hate it. I want to go home. Going well so far. A sign of things to come, maybe. Maybe. I'm just glad Logan got to finally nap finally able to rest he was passed out on that bed man they wore him out he had the world on his shoulders during this move good lord rest easy our sweet prince at this point they should have just sent all the kids on a greyhound bus that's risky though for a lot of reasons first first one being that i I bet you that greyhound gets there before they do (laughs) sometimes the problem i wouldn't face the fear so much of them not getting there it's just having kids be responsible enough to get off the bus when they're supposed to. Oh yeah. Cause they, sometimes they don't tell you where you are. They don't say shit. <laughs> the driver pulls into the stop and just gets out and leaves. And it's like, okay, well this is a garage. I know that. Uh, I don't know what city I'm in. So I, I guess, I guess this is it. <laughs> Does it feel like Vegas? Is it hot? That was the episode we deserved. This was great, though. Yeah, this was something else. So this is still my all-time favorite episode so far. Granted, I've only seen season 14, season one, and now most of season two. But this is my favorite episode. Your highlight so far. This is it. Next episode, the Browns finally arrive in Las Vegas, but face new challenges in building their life away from Utah, like finding a home. Meanwhile, which wife has some exciting news to announce? Oh, God. Get ready for it. Oh, man. This is going to be a mess. Tides are changing. Hashtag legal daddy. Lock it in. Hashtag legal daddy. It's been a while since we've had that one. Never forget. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcast. You can listen to new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.